Hello and welcome to episode 71 of For Christ's Sake Anakin. I'm your host, Matthew Nugobauer, coming to you on this April 23rd, 2021. It is the Friday after the third Sunday of Easter, if you're counting. I just finished watching my second viewing of the episode 6 finale of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and this episode will go into all my wonderful spoilery thoughts. I hope they're wonderful. Uh, I will I will forgo the pull list, in part because we're talking about a comic book movie, but also to make a note of why I, I was away from recording for so long. I did want to dive into my WandaVision thoughts uh, towards the middle of March, but then I got COVID, and more importantly, my parents got COVID. <laughs> and that if that wasn't enough to kind of take me out of things, uh, then, the, then the Holy Week hit, and... Uh, the week before Easter is always a bit of a marathon sprint. Sometimes, some years, I'm able to take a breather and, and record a, a podcast. I have done that in previous years. Maybe recorded my, my Vader in the Crucifixion episode. You can go give that a listen. But th- this this year, I, I decidedly could not. And then the recovery from COVID and, and all that just yeah took me out. I mean, it, it does fit a little bit with the way... I've at least allowed myself to say step back and then if there's something that comes up to uh, to give my thoughts and here I am giving my thoughts Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, yeah I my plan my hope is to maybe give WandaVision a rewatch at least the finale so that I can then go back and give my, my thoughts on that beautiful wonderful series that I adore every moment of <laughs> unlike Falcon and Winter Soldier I like some some moments, some things that they went with, uh, some directions they went with in the Sam and Bucky show uh, it turned into kind of a, a Sam and Bucky and John and Zemo and, and Carly and uh, Agent Carter, the other Agent Carter, and all, all these things that went on. And, and so uh, that my, my non-spoilery gist is a really really loved where they went with Sam. I have mixed feelings and thoughts on that even, but I really appreciate where they went with him and where they landed. With Bucky, uh, I thought they started well. I thought that this whole series is a good start to his redemption and to becoming the White Wolf, but I would have liked to see that land uh, a little more conclusively. The first few... Well, the, so the middle few episodes. This is what's interesting, and I'll just dive in here. So, the, well, I'll start with you know the first episode was a great setup. I, I I was I was fine with the fact that we never see Bucky and Sam interacting with each other. That that was a setup, and I'm used to seeing that now. I think we as an audience we need to learn to be a bit more patient with the storytelling with the way uh, these Disney Plus streaming series are, are unfolding as a whole. I think Mandalorian, that started out slow. Picard, for example, that's not Disney Plus, but it's uh, it's in the same vein and genre. Really slow burn unfolding episode by episode. And they even make a mention of that with the, the card game. So, yeah, when they really say, okay, this is where... Sam Wilson is giving up the shield. And then at the end of that, of course, John Walker is given the shield by, by the U.S. government. 
Bucky kind of resisting, rejecting the therapy because he's trying to make amends. He's trying to cleanse his soul, his conscience, but it is having a difficult go of it. Of course, there's layers of trauma, layers of memories, layers of, of programming by Hydra and by Zemo. And, uh, it's, it's a lot of, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy to, to get rid of that winter soldier programming and so uh, i understood that and i bought that the middle few episodes that started to get muddy and murky because they really spent all this time really the episodes two to four still on setup right? introducing bringing zemo back in bringing Sharon in, bringing, I mean, the, the second episode, bringing John Walker in, and really exploring and delving into uh, what they're saying with John Walker when it comes to American exceptionalism and the ideal uh, of Steve Rogers and how, in our contemporary world, the ideal of, of the American, white American male in shining armor, that's that's complicated and that's, Sometimes not not complicated. Sometimes straight up, they're the bad guy, <laughs> and I, you know, that at the end of, of I guess it's episode four, I believe, where yeah, it really finally felt like some resolution. I mean, yeah, I believe it's episode four where it ends with the iconic shot of Steve Rogers' shield dripping with blood because John Walker just bashed the head in of of this innocent guy who's fighting for fighting, not literally fighting, but you know, on the run, probably making, making protests. Uh, it's Carly who ends up fighting literally. And I'll get to what I feel about that in a bit. This, this person, you know, John Walker going at, and being the aggressor, being the colonizer. And I was really looking forward to, and really appreciated the way they started to, ask those questions he's an agent of the grc and john walker is and uh, and the way a lot of these un agencies and very high level bureaucratic agencies end up first of all being at the behest of multinational corporations and at the behest of very powerful state actors who are there themselves governed by self-interest, but self-interest as defined by multinational corporations and their lobbyists. It, yeah, it, it was a really wonderful way of showing the underbelly. And, the, and by wonderful, I mean very apparent and clear and prophetic. And in response, yeah, we have the Flag Smashers, who I, I was really hoping for, rooting for them to morally come out on top and i think in a lot of ways they did for most of the story especially including that moment where uh, where where they're the victim of john walker and the grc and we see the grc camps and the conditions that these folks are forced to live in no wonder they're aggressive and no wonder they're upset and no wonder they're just completely at odds with the way uh, the way the GRC is going about things, the way the state actors and governments that prop up the GRC are going about things. 
it was a really amazing and timely exploration of the world we live in now. And I don't even know if, how much they planned this. I know there was a pandemic plague plotline that they cut out. I really, uh, I, I'm really fascinated to see, okay, how much, what were the, the conversations about what they kept, what they took out. I should, well, there are videos on YouTube you can look at and watch at New Rockstars. goes into that a little bit. I don't know how much he'll go into the, the intellectual political commentary of it, but he might. We'll see. I, I, I've yet to watch it. But there is the conversation of what what is the new normal? What will the world look like when we're all vaccinated and in the real world? When we're all vaccinated and you know, we can actually go, quote-unquote, back to society as usual. What kind of the conversations are we going to have about how we structure society and how we create public health infrastructure and public labor infrastructure and education infrastructure that will enable us to be far more resilient to these public health challenges that are are going to creep up and come up if we don't actually reform society now. And to see the flag smashers and their argument that during the blip, when, you know, it, it's, it's this weird thing where did the thing Thanos was hoping to achieve start to actually happen? And it's problematic because the means, of course, by which <laughs> he brought that about is, is terrible. And, erasing half the population but the the flag smashers were able to see the opportunity in the crisis the opportunity in the tragedy because that crisis that tragedy provoked well a questioning of our basic assumptions about how we order global society with borders and land rights and other property questions housing you know who has access to these, this infrastructure. It was really, uh, really bold of, of Marvel to go there. I'm really congratulated Marvel to go there for, for going there. I'm disappointed with where their story, the Flag Smasher story landed at the very end, especially my, my biggest disappointment of this whole series is the way that, they're they're about to go to the raft and you know yeah it's in the raft but at least there's some sort of potential future for them maybe as thunderbolts or who knows what they're about to go to the raft and then boom they get blown up and they're done right these characters that we've actually invested in and started to appreciate and wonder uh, okay what is the future storytelling of them for them and yeah in part that is me falling into the Marvel trap of watching a current story for the sake of a future story. Only for the sake of a future story. But I'm not watching it. That's not where I'm coming from primarily. For me, it's what it was this story saying about the moral worth and value of what the Flag Smashers are trying to do. Now, yes, Sam swoops in literally and gives this grand speech and that convinces the GRC to magically pull back in a, in a very almost uh, 
Will Riker at the end of Picard swooping in and saying, hey, I finally got the Federation to to figure out what was wrong with themselves, and here we are. Um, it, it, it didn't seem as plausible, to be honest. It didn't seem as that, that the GRC would, would reverse course so quickly. I get the reasoning, Sam's reasoning, that they, uh, they've experienced helplessness for the first time in their life, maybe. And the potential, then, for them to instead open up, to, to clamp down and protect even further. And so it's good that Sam was there to talk some sense into them. But I, I wanted the Flag Smashers to have a greater role in that. And, and the big reason why for me is watching this episode today is here they are staging a terrorist attack on American soil when especially in the last year in the last what three months the one six terrorist attack shootings bombings police terrorist attacks if I can use that term have all been have not been none of them have been underdogs trying to get a hearing and get the powers of the world to give people a fair shake. All these, especially the one sex terrorist attack was about those already on top, trying to reassert their dominance when the world in the face of a world that is starting to tilt and starting to open up and see, Oh, maybe police shouldn't be, uh, let, shouldn't be let walk, walk free if they end up murdering a black man in, in cold blood. And so I, I think the, the story sort of said some of that. It ended up confining it to the system itself and confining it to the procedures by which we have typically gone about change, namely through legislation, through debates, through waving flags and saying, oh yeah, you go through the status quo in the system. And you know, the flag smashers represented an opportunity to really say, mm, it's just not the world we live in. And that's not really effective anymore. I have two minds about this, and this specifically goes then into what we see with Sam. Sam Wilson, yeah, he, he has his, his arc is to start off with that position where he gives away the shield, says, I can't be a part of this. I can't wave this flag. Uh, just building off of what he said, says to Steve at the end of Endgame, feels like someone else's. Feels like America isn't for me. And so, uh, you know, he, he goes, he gives away the shield and then goes immediately to, to his sister and sees all the troubles she has. And, you know, she's a black woman. If, the, if that black woman was a white woman or a white man, she would have more easily gotten alone. I think there is an implication there very clearly. It's just another example of the day-to-day -day reality the day-to-day -day racism that, that black folks still face in less formal ways. And Sam 
starts there and sees John Walker getting the shield and goes on this journey has to process and encounters the Flag Smashers and has to process this question of am I going to join them and step outside of uh, what America is and what it claims, well, what it really is. Or his, his, this vision of what America is, namely not for him. Or am I going to actually pick up Steve's legacy as it really promises to be? And that's the real question of this whole show is, is Sam going to carry on Steve's legacy and transform it and transcend it? And I'm, again, of two minds of this, right? You know, I think especially of that last scene where, or that, that yeah, it is the one of the last scenes in the museum where we have Steve's whole exhibit and Sam works it out so that they can create one for, for Bradley, Isaiah Bradley, Elijah Bradley, the prophets. I like that. Uh, for Isaiah Bradley. And, and it is this wonderful meta moment of here's a, a comic book character that was forgotten that is now brought front and center in an MCU series. Uh, this black Captain America from a few decades ago. And then in universe, here's a black Captain America from a few decades ago. that was intentionally stuck in a corner and stuck in a cell used for horrible experiments that creating super soldiers by both shield and Hydra and sword and Madripoor and, and all, all that story. It's on, on the one hand, it can be read as here's the ideal. Here is what could be for those who say, okay, well, uh, I mean, to quote Sam himself, America feels like it was someone else's, but we built this country. It actually is ours too. And if I have the conviction to fight for it, and fight for it not just for American interests, but the American ideal on the world stage, then things are possible, right? It is this interesting thing. We, we do. What do we do with the Obama presidency? People claiming, oh yeah, we've arrived because there's a black president. But on the other hand, well, I mean, there's a black president. It's possible. Now, to, to get to my point, to finish my point, it could be, on the other hand, saying that whole thing of, yeah, we're, racism's fixed in America. We've we had a black president. Everything's fine. Derek Chauvin was convicted. Hooray, everything's fine now. <laughs> uh, situation normal. And uh, clearly not. Right. The fact that that verdict was in question, the fact that it was a surprise, shows just where things are at. And so, I mean, that's the tension that Steve Rogers navigated. That's the tension that Sam Wilson is navigating in a way that is really, I, I found very authentic and convincing. The tension between Again, to reiterate, upholding the ideal of liberty and justice for all 
and the reality on the ground that it has been liberty and justice for some. It's Captain America with a black face. And so automatically, not, not automatically, but eh, maybe pretty automatically and very clearly, apparently, it's already more immediately pressing than when Steve was pursuing it. Right? Steve could go to Germany and punch Nazis who were German. <laughs> Sam, I mean, Sam went to Germany to punch a Nazi who was American. <laughs> right? I mean, I mean, Sam Walker doesn't fully get there. No, Sam Walker. John Walker doesn't fully go there, which is another interesting thing that I'll get to in a second. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm really excited. I've always been excited to see where this is going. Again, the one question I have is, well, yeah, this is a question. Maybe it's an open question. I'll, I'll give them a chance. So let's say, is this experience with the Flag Smashers and with their argument, again, I use that term, is that going to be influential on Sam going forward? Are we going to see that bear out? And here's why I wonder. And here's what was kind of rubbing me an odd way is the suit, the story is a bit of an adaptation. The suit design itself, an adaptation of Nick Spencer's Sam Wilson, Captain America run, which I have, I started reading it. I, I saw, uh, my buddy Brandon Chats, Sophie Hosterston on Twitter, uh, comment about how it had promise, but then it really ended up just falling back into black exploitation tropes. It was a black Captain America in a white image, or what white people would want from him. And uh, I saw a headline to say, fighting literal SJWs. And, and that's what rubbed me a bit the wrong way is, you know, whenever you see the phrase SJW, it's a pejorative. It's never taking them seriously. And so that's my, my question is, to what extent is Carly going to be taken seriously? You know, Carly's goals, Carly's mission, their, their intellectual argument, the experience that they went through of being displaced after having the promise of a common humanity being explored dangled in front of them. Sam's speech suggests that it will, but I think I, I want to see more. I want to see more about that. Moving a bit, comment on, then on John Walker as promised. Again, I, th I thought that that was pretty promising that he was going to be set up as an antagonist. And I, I kind of want to see that a bit, maybe a little selfishly. I don't know, but not selfishly, but this is, this is, I've made a case a little bit of what would the story, if it was being told to me, would I want to see? Which is a fair question. I do think, I do wonder, I posit at least. This is being a story being told to, to black folks. What would they want to see in John Walker? And uh, 
what was uh, the promise that was being upheld, again, that the underbelly of white supremacy waving the American flag would be exposed. And it was. Again, we're all going to remember that really iconic image. It's basically a full-page spread in a comic book of the shield dripping with the blood of an innocent kid. Super soldier, super serum, whatever, flag smasher, fine. But that's the way people view Americans throughout the world. And, and so, yeah, and not just what, what black folks in the U.S. would want, but the way people, I mean, I'm Canadian, right? This is kind of the way we view American foreign policy a little bit. We also say, know that we have no foreign policy except in light of American foreign policy. That's just the reality of it. But a lot of people throughout the world, in the Middle East, that's that's why people get radicalized in the Middle East, right? George Bush created ISIS. <laughs> and not excusing it, right? That, that's I'm not trying to excuse any of their atrocities, but we have to be more cognizant of those dynamics. And I do think over the last 20 years, we've come to have a better appreciation for the way American aggression has not been seen as liberation. It's been seen as the bullying antagonist. So John Walker had the opportunity, as a character, had the opportunity to to portray that. Maybe that would have been a little too simplistic. I can see why they might have gone this route. I do know, you know, John Walker in the comics, he comes across actually more of an anti-hero, a little sympathetic, someone who, as we saw at the end, works a bit outside the lines, but does the right thing more often than not. That's my impression of the character, somewhat sympathetic. So, yeah, he's given the choice to go after Carly and continue to avenge his friend's death that he already avenged sevenfold, 77-fold. There's a biblical reference for you. Go after Carly or save the try and save the, the hostages in the truck. And so he goes and saves the hostages in the truck or tries to, and ultimately he can't, which, which is okay. He, Sam is able to come in and both the shield and the Falcon jetpack thing and is actually able to, to lift them up. And yes, that was a great Sam Wilson is Captain America hero moment. John is able to accept that Sam is Captain America and that needs to step away. There are opportunities elsewhere. I got to say that black US agent suit is much sharper than the, the Sam Wilson Captain America suit. The suit, yeah, the Sam Wilson suit doesn't, again, it's based on the comics. It's a hybrid between the Falcon suit and Steve's suit. I love that it's made in Wakanda in Africa for a black Captain America. I do love that. But the actual visual design, it's too busy. It doesn't really play well on the screen. It looks okay in the comic book, as problematic as that comic book is. But John Walker's suit, man, that's sharp. Just very simple lines, the red, white, and black. Symbolic of the moral ambiguity that, and evocative of the moral ambiguity that 
John Walker is going as U.S. agent is going to pursue and then going to uh, work in the the gutter kind of around <laughs> around the lines and around the borders. I, I would be interested to see his story be sympathetic insofar as he's able to continue to process his experiences as a black op, uh, you know, doing the black ops in Latin America, for example, that I referred to as someone who's close to black people. I mean, as in African American, black American people, his partner, his best friend who, who died. You know, the, the whole thing of doing what needs to be done. And that way, I do wonder, actually, just thinking about this now, if he's going to come a little closer to Carly, who also went around the lines, went around the literal border lines, and uh, to do what needed to be done in the name of justice and freedom. Hopefully. <laughs> we'll see. Um, Another fascinating, ambiguous disappointment then at the end was was Sharon Carter, who I didn't want her to be the uh, the power broker at all. I know everybody theorized that when it was revealed, it wasn't at all any kind of shock or surprise. It was like, okay, yeah, they went there, fine. They were they were building that up. That's fine. I kind of wanted maybe again this could have been just my Marvel watching Marvel for Easter eggs thing. I kind of wanted uh, wanted some some new surprise twist character. It wasn't a surprise twist. It's disappointing that a Carter, she's Sharon Carter, she's going to kind of tarnish her aunt's name now. Or she already has by being so morally ambiguous as, as the power broker. Unless they find a way to make her sympathetic too. I don't know. I hope they don't do it by throwing their hands up and saying the world is just out of whack. And and that seems to be a little bit where they're going with, with this, right? It's just this very, the gritty realism that protagonists and antagonists aren't very clear anymore. Um, yeah, I I liked that kind of storytelling with, say, Battlestar Galactica with uh, with a little bit, a little bit of that with, with Falcon Winter Soldier. WandaVision teasing that question was interesting. Loki's also going to tease that question. I think, I mean, where, where this whole thing with Sharon Carter is looking at, that seemed very secret invasion and feels very secret invasion. And we know that is coming. But even then, the Captain Marvel film was was pretty clear uh, morally in secret invasion. The Kree are uh, this self-interested empire and the scrolls are poor, weaker on the run. And so... <sighs> Yeah, we're in an era, again, of aspirational storytelling. I've said this multiple times. 
Discovery seasons one and two. Still stuck with that gritty realism. That gritty quote unquote realism, I should say. Everyone's just self interested parties. That didn't work out so well. Right? If everyone's self interested parties, then the loudest voice wins. And we need aspirational, sometimes idealistic stories of the morally upright voice is the one that deserves to be heard. I, I do see the potential for that. I think, I mean, Sam is definitely being set up for that. Bucky's being set up for that. I mentioned you know, he's on his journey. He's not quite the white wolf yet, but I don't think he's the winter soldier anymore. You know, I, I really hope they don't go this route of just full blown, you know, late 2000s storytelling. Right. We don't need that anymore. We need, uh, we need real heroes again. And we need heroes that look like everyone. And I do think they are going to go that route, especially for younger characters, especially with new Avengers, with, with Miss Marvel and, uh, Elijah Bradley, <laughs> I think, and, and Billy Maximoff eventually down the line when he gets older. Monica Rambeau, I think these characters, uh, that's where I'm going to pin my hope for the future of the MCU and its storytelling going forward. Falcon Winter Soldier was an interesting exploration of destabilizing these things. WandaVision was a more successful example of destabilizing these things. I think. Um, it really delved into her psychology, Wanda psychology, much better. The motivations much better. And with her, we're left with a mother trying to find her kids in a world that is cruel. But a world in which she's not alone. And and that, you know, I, I hope is where this M the MCU is going, where I hope this whole secret invasion focus is going and uh we'll see right that i mean it, it's it's what the mcu has done the best this whole time is people are better together than apart and people are are better themselves better people and able to be better people with the support of others and that's even why Wanda creates vision, right? It's the only way she could handle it. Hopefully she goes out and seeks out support. I mean, we don't know what the Doctor Strange film is going to be. We have Sam and Bucky come together. There are rumors of a Captain America film, a fourth Captain America film. I hope it's called Captain America and the White Wolf. Or at the very least, showing Sam's progression to, or Bucky's progression to becoming the White Wolf. You know, a white guy who's comfortable being around black people. <laughs> As we've seen, we've seen that. And it's already. So, yeah, it, it was a, a decent series. Uh, again, 
disappointed only because I, I just have hold Marvel to such perfect standards of perfection. It's perfect standards of perfection. That's a great phrase. Such high standards of perfection. And was really hoping that they continue the prophetic edge of saying that the prophetic voices are the ones that the story deserves that deserve to have their story treat them well and you know Sam's story Sarah's story ends up treating them well Bucky's story ends up treating him well Flag Smasher's story doesn't end up treating them well at all and uh, John Walker we'll, we'll see <laughs> right so those have been my thoughts Glad to get back into the swing of things for podcasting. If you like what you hear, let me know. If you want to give me a follow on Twitter at NEUG485. On Instagram at MNEUG1138. Check out my churchy blog at luminous-beams.ca. I'll hopefully be able to get back to that. And hey, hopefully Bad Batch coming up in a week and a half. I'm probably going to Try and drop a what I hope to see in that series uh, episode shortly, hopefully next week. And um, until then, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. I should say. May the force be with you, true believers. Always.